Hello, listening people. Hello. Hello, Bartek. How are you? I'm good, Ryan. How are you? I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling energetic. I'm feeling fantastic. I'm ready to, I'm jumping with joy. Yeah, you're ready. Who is she? I don't know, but I'm ready to jump with her. <laughs> you're ready to let's go. Let's go, Bartek. So we're spin posh, likely, because we're always spitting and we're both gamers. I mean, Polish. And, uh. We are both gamers. What's gamer in Polish? What's the word loser in Polish? You should just say loser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I don't know, loser. We call people idiot. Yeah. Idiota, variat, something like that. Is idiota just idiot in Polish? I thought that was another language. That's in some languages, but they're all alternatives. Okay, okay. You could have been really fun and cruel and just said someone's name in Polish, and then <laughs> like that person listening is just like, what did I do? Andrzej Duda. What did I do? <laughs> I think I've got one degree of separation with him, so maybe I shouldn't have said that. Nope, too late. You you hear that? You hear that? What was it Andre Duda? Yeah. You're you're in you're in the club. He's the president. I think on the night he won. <laughs> Is he still the president? Yes, yes. I think on the night he won, I was standing next to my stepmom, and she was on the phone with him. Wow. Hear that? Bartek is royalty in Poland. He is he is one phone call away from the leader of <laughs> Poland. So if you mess with us by saying we're the, not the number one Polish podcast, you're going to get that phone call and you're going to get sorted because I don't think the other Polish podcasts out there have a direct line to the president <laughs> of Poland. So just take that into consideration. So we're actually a movie podcast. We're not a Polish political thriller um, we talk about movies. Uh, I don't know if the Polish president has been a character in any Polish film recently. I don't know if there's, like, Polish political commentary films out there that are reflecting what's going on there. And there's, like, a caricature version of him like we see with our political leaders in media. Mm, yeah. I don't know if Poland has that with, what was it, Andrzej Dudy? Andrzej Duda. Duda. <laughs> Andrzej Duda, he's full, he's full of Duda. I mean, he's the president who was sitting during, like, Trump reign and COVID, so maybe in the future there'll be something. Has he done good? I I think for Poland... Remember, he's listening, by the way. <laughs> I think Poland likes him. Okay, hear that? I think in terms of the protests, he's not on the progressive side, but... Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so... We are actually talking about a movie that has come recommended. That's our format. The recommendation came from our listeners for this one. Actually, a fellow podcast group who, unfortunately, are not with us today. It's been hectic. This is a movie we've been uh, meaning to do with them for a yeah. few years now. But podcast life is very difficult to get time stuff synced up. We're all working or busy. And obviously now with the world falling apart... Our friends over at Dem Fancy Dinosaurs podcast, uh, they haven't even released an episode in a couple of months, I'm pretty sure, so mm. it's been a tough time for everyone, but we would have loved to have had them on, but uh, also, we've waited so long yeah. to do <laughs> Super Mario Brothers, the motion picture, the movie, that's what we're covering, from 1993. Yes, year we were born. So you have no excuse not to have seen it. And yet I do. You do have an excuse? Yes. Okay, that's Bartek's... Okay, Bartek, let's get into it. Spoilers alert for Super Mario Brothers, the movie, by the way. If you have not seen or played it, <laughs> you, you're sorely missing out. You haven't pl pressed the play button. Yeah. So, Bartek, what is your relationship and history with this feature film? Is this the first video game adaptation? First live action. Live one. action one, yes. Yep. yes. What was the other one? Uh, the Mario anime movie from the 80s. Oh, the anime, right, of course. 
which, so, I, which I did see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you watch it in its original Japanese? Yes, yes. Earlier this year, I think. How many tentacles did it have? Um, How many none, people's dicks think. grew so large it destroyed a hospital? How many of those? None, but I think Bowser cross-dressed at one point. Well, that's in line with his character. Yes. So, what's your relationship with this film? This film, I had never seen it. I'd only seen, you know, random clips and footage from it and known about some, like, you know, medic lines from it, like, you know, Mario Mario, Luigi Mario, yeah. Monkey, bob like, just <laughs> little things that people would often reference if they have seen the film. And just this general idea of, like, it's one of the most panned video game films because it was the first one it showed, mm. like, this is how video game films are always going to be. And it did. Yeah, and then, but then I also did hear more modern takes of, like, oh, you know, it's not that bad, but not no one's saying it's good. It has a cult following because it has a very unique sci-fi premise underneath the attempts at making it connect to a video game. Yeah, I've noticed that there's this website on the internet of people who are, like, super fans of this film and just, like, have every scrap of anything related to this film there. Yeah, I actually went out of my way for this one not to read too much behind-the-scenes information. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you read any. Yeah, I did. And so you can comment upon that, because I've grown up with this movie. This is one that was just on all the time. We had it on DVD for some reason. You know, you just watch and own things. I've never been a huge fan of it. I, I It was mindless entertainment. It was one that I wouldn't object to it being on, but it wasn't one that I was happy it was on. It was just like, okay, this is a thing that's on, and they're jumping, and everything looks terrible. I remember as a kid, I thought this movie looked just gross and terrible yeah. and, and so boring and to watch, to look at visually, and I still feel that today. I mean, there's some interesting... Um, aesthetic things, but just the actual physical look of the film, like the color palette. You know me, I'm not a big fan of these greys and browns, and that's this whole movie, mm. these greys and browns. And I get it, I get it, I know where they live, but it wasn't, it's never It's never sparked for me, like yes. their cars spark. Yeah, but if you ever look at any level from any Mario game, they're all, you know, that bland looking. Oh yeah, I don't think of Mario with colors. No, not at all. Pipes, they're, they're really, like, grey. They're not green. Or or mushrooms. They're, they're never red or colourful or dots. With they're faces. Just, they're just goo everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have to trust the fungus. Yeah, trust the fungus. So, I've seen this movie, grown up with it, watched it a million times. It's uh, an interesting thing when you get older, especially as video game adaptations continue to grow. I don't know about you. This is your first time viewing it. We've done several video game adaptations on the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many you've just watched in your own lifetime outside of doing it for the show. But as time marches on and more video games get adapted into feature films, I don't think this is the worst. And I think it actually stands out as being one of the better ones, not necessarily in terms of an adaptation of the game, but as a feature film. I don't think it's a good movie, but I think it is much better than that Tomb Raider movie that they came out with a couple of years ago, or, you know, several other video game adaptations that we've been forced to endure Mm. over the years. Because as its own feature film, I think it has a weird 
sci-fi twist that's more interesting, and as the genre keeps continuing to never succeed, mm. um, the fact that this was the starting point, one of the starting points, is also fascinating, because it kind of weirdly sets the bar, and weirdly enough, we thought the bar was set low, but it's been actually set pretty high, because this has a lot of ingenuity, imagination, and good acting, or at least acting that is captivating while... The f- I can't say that with other video game adaptation yeah. movies. What do you think about that notion? Um, I definitely think that this one has a, even though it has a cliffhanger ending, it does have mm. a complete story to it. Um, it has, you know, a backstory lore to it. Mm. It it has multiple settings to it, and it goes through a lot of, you know, typical movie motions, so that. In the end, you can say, hey, I watched a complete movie and it made sense. Somewhat. Yeah, and there's a lot of a lot of really intricate little details that I... Some of them I picked up on while watching the film, others mm. that I did, only found out about when I was like looking at that fan website and they had mm. a whole page dedicated to references. I'm like, mm. oh yeah, all of these are technically references. So I guess a decent amount of thought got put into this film that would probably shine through a bit more for people who have seen it a long time, like the people who made that website and are obsessed with this film. Do you think this film deserves its reputation as a bad film and as a bad video game adaptation? A film adaptation of video game? Uh, I think... Like, yes, it deserved it in the moment because it was the first one, yeah, but like, yeah. as we've marched forward in time and there's so many now. I think it's relatively average. Mm. It It does have a lot of weird things to it um but it also has some unique things to make it stand out (laughs) i remember there was a quote from shigeru miyamoto the guy that created mario Mm. who said that this film uh i think it was like was too close to the games or something like that (laughs) so clearly he was seeing a lot of little things in this film that yeah 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 yeah. yeah. and and there were little moments in this film where i was thinking like oh yeah this is like this from the games like oh wait that game didn't exist yet like when they're down on the slide i'm like oh i guess this is the first slide sequence in mario wow yeah that's interesting to think that there's lots of things that not saying that the mario game series looked at the movie and said let's let's adapt that but there's Mm. lots of things that just by happenstance are in this movie that would later actually feature in the game series, because obviously, like with any long-running franchise, things are just, everything's just going to happen in the games, and everything's just going to happen in Star Trek, and everything's just going to happen in The Simpsons. Like, all of these long-running things, eventually everything has happened in them. Yeah, I was surprised that the the 80s animated film had a few things like that, and that one especially, because... At that point, only the original game existed. There wasn't any, you know, established law. Like, Luigi's colours are not what we know him now. He was, like, yellow and blue. (laughs) He was, like, this really money, greedy guy who just wanted money. Money, money. Money, money. Um, He was was Wario. Yeah, essentially a lot of aspects of that character went into Wario when that character was made. Um, But I was surprised that this film had it as well in some cases. And even with the slide thing again... Um, the music that plays there is mm. this really upbeat, energetic track that when I was reading up about the film online, that track got a fair bit of praise. And mm. later on, when Mario started having like sliding sequences, the music that you most associate to that is also a really popular kind of track for that franchise. So mm. slides and energetic music, it's, it happened in the games as well. Hear that? 10 out of 10 from Bartek. <laughs> 
before we delve dive, delve and dive and dig around into the actual minutiae of the film, we're talking about these adaptations. Where do you fall? Do you think it is possible to successfully make an adaptation of a game to a feature film? Uh, yeah, this is a thought I've had quite a lot over the past few years, especially when we when we guessed it on that, that radio show that our friend Stefan did, and they mm. asked us that same question, and we kind of had different answers. Yeah, um, I can't even remember what my answer was. I think mine's no. We were mostly talking about, um, just to refresh you, we were talking about how we just did the video game month not too long before that, mm. and you really liked the Max Payne film, and you <laughs> pointed out how apparently it didn't relate to the video the video game all that much. Mm. Um, so I gave him an answer that was basically saying like, oh yeah, you know, you should have like an intricate mix of like fan servicey stuff and things that relate to the film, but also try to cultivate a story. And I think you gave it an answer, something along the lines of like, no, you should just scrap it and try to do your own thing. Yeah. Look, I personally don't think you are going to be able to adapt Bioshock on the big screen. I don't think you can adapt Portal on the big screen. The interactivity of the actual game experience is what is a part of the importance of that. those narratives. The idea that you are making a choice yeah. in a film that doesn't exist. Unless you're playing Love... Love tender care or whatever. <laughs> tender it is. loving care. Tender yeah. loving care, where it's an interactive movie. Yeah. But realistically, that's not what a feature Hollywood film would do. I love those games, and I would love to see them adapted to the big screen. But they're not going to be the games to the big screen. You do have to change it up for the structure of a movie. I am very much of the opinion of you do just have to go at it with your own perspective, your own way of things, your own stuff and in a weird way this movie super mario brothers a movie did that Mm -hmm. as incompetent as the two directors were and as terrible as they were from my understanding they did have a perspective that makes sense to me which is no we want to make our movie we want to make it dark we want to make this sci-fi thingy my bob and of course mario fans are repulsed by this idea even though some of the greatest heralded moments in Mario is when it goes surprisingly weird and dark, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. The idea of that is is off-putting, but I, I get it. I get it. Just make your movie. Yes, you're trying to adapt the game. You should try to cater to this, but I can't see the Bioshock game being an actual Hollywood movie. That That game? I can't see it. I can see a movie set in that world with those characters, but it wouldn't be what you experienced in that game. It's not going to be the same thing. And this isn't going to be the same thing because here's even the bigger challenge with Super Mario Brothers. The Mario universe, especially back then, there are no stories. This isn't like a real thing. Yeah. Like video games were just a game. They were just something to spend money on. Now games are far more of a storytelling mechanism and an art form with acts and structures. And this, it's like Mario is the basic. Save the princess, jump on shit. How are you going to make that into a movie? Yeah. (laughs) Somehow they did, and people hate it because it's not a great representation. Yoshi looks like this. They don't even wear their outfits. Blah, 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 all that. What makes it a bad movie to me is several other things. Characters, motivation, tones, pacing, 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 pacing. You know, um, the humor. 
all of that stuff is what makes it a bad movie, not necessarily me sitting there frowning my face going, that's not what a Goomba looks like. <laughs> yes, I would have liked the Goombas to look like what they did in the game, but the movie made it make sense to me. Should they have been called Goombas? I don't think you necessarily needed to call them that, but the idea makes sense to me for what this movie was presenting to me. Yeah, and plus Goombas are a good word for, like, you know, your... Dummies. Your dummies, your mooks. Your mooks. Your stooges. You're, yeah, you didn't really need, in this film, which is all about, like, the villains are descended from dinosaurs, you didn't ha- need to have, like, walking chestnuts. Here's a question I got for you. What is your relationship with Mario games? Mario games? Um, The video ones. Yes, the oh, the video <laughs> ones, right, not the board games. Um, or the sex games. <laughs> uh, I've played a decent amount of Mario games. Um, I wasn't into them from a really young age. I'd mm. reckon maybe in like the late two thousands, I started playing them. Mm. Um, the only game, the the only Nintendo consoles I really had growing up were the Game Boy ones. Until I got a Wii, and then I got into emulation, so I could play the older stuff. No GameCube. No GameCube. No, but I do have a controller for a GameCube. That, why? It works with the Wii. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and I've I really enjoy the the 3D Mario's especially. So they're a lot mm. of the exploration ones. We have 64, Sunshine, Galaxy. Um, I I enjoy those ones because I'm a big fan of like collectathon type games. Not so much the A to B course clear ones. Um, I even played some Mario games, you know, just in the past few weeks. You the- were you were prepping. For this discussion. Yes, yes. Maybe that influenced uh, the choice, the listening people's choice. Mm. Um, Yeah, they've always just been solid, fun games. I've heard some of them be described as, like, they are a prescription for fun, usually in the way that they want you to play them, but they're Mm. still fun nonetheless. I find that so interesting because I'm I've never really played a Mario game all the way through. I've never owned a Nintendo console outside of the Game Boy Color and I was into the Pokemon series on those, and of course Rugrats in Paris. Mm-hmm. That great game. What a great game. No one talks about how fun that game was. It actually was pretty fun. Um, you should play it, and then we can review it next week. The Game Boy version? Yeah, the Game Boy Color. Okay. Um, Not just a Game Boy. But, uh, so the point is, I don't really have a strong connection with Mario, but the idea that you just floated, just to touch on it, of their prescription for fun mm-hmm. is interesting because I, I understand that. I get it without even fully having played the game because of the colors, the the energy, the, the kind of positive energy that it em- emulates from itself. But also, I don't because they're platforming games. And I find that platforming games for a lot of people are super frustrating and super technical. Mm. And that does not sound like prescription of fun. But I I also say that as someone who grew up with Crash Bandicoot, which is cruel to you. (laughs) At times it can be cruel, yeah. And I don't know if Mario is necessarily ever like that. But whenever I watch someone like Video Game Donkey play something like Super Mario Odyssey, my brain snaps in half with how fucking complicated <laughs> all these platformy things are, and I say, well, well, if you're not into the platformy games, are Mario ones good to get into? Because they seem so hard to me so Mario, from an outsider. Mario games have a pretty, especially in the past couple of decades, uh, pretty good uh, game design in that the mandatory stuff that you'll start out playing with, you know, like beginning of the game to final boss usually has relatively easy difficulty. You can get Mm. into them. 
there's a lot of fun gimmicks that happen, gimmicks that even without the negative stigma of that word, good gimmicks. Mm. Um, and then usually after you beat the final boss, you'll have like the more difficult levels, like the mm. ones where when you when you really want the challenge, you'll do the post game stuff. Like I was telling you last week before we did mm. the Kung Pao level, I level. <laughs> episode um i was doing <laughs> we the- defeated the boss of steve odekirk yeah. <laughs> i was doing the absolute last level of super mario 3d world and it it was like multiple hours of attempts like i think yeah, i yeah. said like 225 attempts just to beat that one level <laughs> and even the levels before that like immediately before it they weren't even that tough so <laughs> It's, yeah, depending on how much you want to get out of the game. If you just want to get to the credits, you'll have a relatively good time. The learning curve is good. Yeah. One of the things you talked about is gimmick stuff. Just briefly touch upon the games, just briefly. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one it is. I want to say it's a Galaxy game. Yep. There's one where you have, like, a hub world, and it's kind of somewhat lame. But as you go along, you're powering it up more, like it's getting power. Yes, and the so it's music, like dark and you actually And the music up. to the hub world is like very soft, mm-hmm. but the more you power it up, the louder and more orchestral and more cinematic it gets. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. Yeah, I think that's, that's like one of those cool things. I'm like, mm-hmm. see, that's the power of a video game. Yeah, I think that's Galaxy 1 for sure. While Super Mario Brothers, the movie is like, no, no, the music's like that every scene where it's like up to 11 yeah they had this one like jaunty adventure track that played a lot throughout the movie it sounded like um one of those free to use youtube (laughs) tracks where it's like orchestral and piano like so what did you think of this movie first time viewing you've heard about its meme uh, culture you are familiar with the games i mean i talked to you what you felt about the games but do you have a connection to any of the lore of the mario games do you have a do you have a fierce loyalty to how the characterization of mario mario and luigi mario and daisy and bowser and and wario and all that is to be portrayed no with with the mario franchise its idea of like lore and canon is just whatever they want to apply in this game like this is a Mm -hmm. franchise where if you ask how big is bowser it just depends on the entry (laughs) And if he's gigantic, but, but his cock is always huge. Yes, yes. And if he's gigantic, it's a coin toss whether that is something that matters or not. Like in Sunshine, <laughs> for the final boss, he's randomly gigantic for no reason. Whereas in Galaxy Two, the fact that he's gigantic is a plot point. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I know at some point, I don't know when, but at some point, it feels, and it feels only recent, that they gave Luigi this weird characterization, that he's like this lovable, cowardly- Yeah, coward. But he's the good Mario brother, like he's, like, I've heard people, many, many of people be like, he's the better Mario brother, he's just such a great guy. Yeah, he's the, he's the underdog, so you really want to root for him. You want to see him suck up some ghosts. In in a lot of games where that personality is front and centre, the idea of him being in his brother's shadow is often, like, mentioned word for word, so it plays into that idea. So when you watch this film, how did it feel? Could you watch it as its own thing, or did this part of you that is an avid mario player come in uh no and even if i was more serious about it by the time this film was released there were probably only like four or five like mainline mario games that didn't even Mm. have that many story elements to it so (laughs) it definitely felt like you know 
if this is a product that was going to inform the series in any way, it was from, like, the developmental era. So you're saying that you didn't mind that King Cooper was Dennis Hopper with some cornrows on his head? Yeah, you know, a little bit of Donald Trump, a little bit of what we would later see as Dr. Evil. Pre-Trump presidency. They really nailed that down, huh? They they predicted it. I guess they, they so. They tried to warn us, and we didn't listen to those Mario Bros. Yeah, we said, see you later, alligator. So you didn't mind this film? I think I do sit on the idea that it is, you know, average and not as bad as I heard it was. It wasn't great, but like you said, I, the way you described it, of like, you know, I wouldn't complain if it's on. Yeah, and I still feel that. I was actually very keen on watching it and watching it with an energetic attitude. I was very much like, oh, I want to have a good time. I want to have a laugh. I want to see Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo clearly suffering while playing these roles and drunk and depressed. I want to see Dennis Hopper collect a check. Like, I was so keen. And I remember all these crazy things. And the movie starts with a bunch of shit that I forgot. Like, I remember definitely the dinosaur stuff, but I forgot about, like, the orphanage, the the nuns and the egg. I forgot all about that. <laughs> and so that hit me like a brick in the face. But as the movie went along, it all drained away and I felt like I was just watching it out of obligation to finish it. Mm-hmm. It felt like it really worn out its welcome. Even though there was lots of things I liked throughout the movie, it wasn't like the things I found entertaining stopped. It's my tolerance for the movie stopped happening. It just ground, uh, just ground, like it, it, it just stopped being mm. fun. Yeah, and I found it annoying. A lot of yelling, a lot of loud, loud, no- just noise, noises, noises, screaming and kicking and jumping and music, and it made me shut my brain off. And I just tolerated it. And I would have a chuckle here and there, like, "Ooh, monkey!" That line comes in pretty late, and then. And, you know, other things like, hey, sir, your pizza's here. You know, that kind of, that whole pizza thing was amusing to me. And mm-hmm. But I grew tired of the movie. And I think it also is, it comes down to the direction that, again, the, the visuals really did not engage my, my senses, my eyes. Even though they tried to vary it up by having multiple different locations, like here we're on the desert side of things, and oh, Brooklyn, and now we're in his office, and this. They did try to keep it visually stimulating, but just the look of the movie is not visually stimulating, and what's going on? There's no actual characters. <laughs> so I'm just done. And the, by the end, the only thing I got enjoyment out of was noticing what actors were in this movie. And then when I got a kick in the face when there was a post credit stinger, it was a fucking Marvel movie. I forgot about that. And it's racist. It's incredibly racist. Where, like, the two guys uh, that are the dumb henchmen guys who actually aren't bad guys, but good mm. guys, yeah. are, like, dressed like pimps for some reason. <laughs> and then you have these two Japanese men who are clearly not... They're not from Japan. They're, they're like they're Japanese, but they're Japanese American. You know, they're Americans. Yeah. And you can clearly see them acting the 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 accent. Yeah. Oh, Japanese you are so. And it's a, you see it, and it's so fucking disgraceful. They're clearly meant to stand in for like, oh, this is the people that own Mario and Nintendo in Japan. You know who they aren't? There's this one actor. 
Uh, I'm sure you remember him. He was uh, in 16 Candles, but more importantly, UHF. You remember in UHF, the guy... The stupid! Stupid! Yeah. That's not his voice. He's mm. just some guy from Utah. <laughs> yeah. He's just some dude, but that's what he plays. And he has far more of a commitment and energy to it, where in a way it feels less disgraceful and offensive, <laughs> even though some would argue it still is. Um, yeah, I found this Super Mario Brothers to be very, very disappointing. How did you feel when it first starts? Because the beginning is insane. I did. Bob n- Hoskins sounds completely different to how he sounds for the rest of the movie when he's narrating. Oh, I thought we were talking about the animated sequence. <laughs> no, that is the animated sequence when he's, nar- he's narrating, right? That was Dan Castellaneta. What fuck, really? It was in the credits. It was like narrator Dan Castellaneta. I fucking blanked. I thought, <laughs> oh, this is Bob Hoskins because it sounds like it's from a character's perspective and he sounds like he's trying to talk like Bob Hoskins. Right, right. Because he had the dinosaurs talk. Yeah. But then it cut to, well, let me tell you about this. <laughs> fuck, why was he there? I, in the Who tri- was he? What was that for? In the trivia, it said that the film originally didn't have that sequence, and <laughs> and test audiences like weren't getting the whole dinosaur backstory thing, so they added that in just to. I think the trivia literally said like spell it out for viewers. Oh, it felt spelled out. I don't know why they got the guy from The Simpsons to come in. Yeah, Homer. <laughs> why didn't they just get Bob Hoskins? Oh, that's right. He's like, I'm fucking done. You aren't getting me back. This is supposed to be three weeks, not 17. Yeah, I think it was meant to be five. Five. You're not getting me here anymore. <laughs> Dennis Hopper's not coming either. Yeah. I-, I did know that the film begins with like a New York-accented person talking about dinosaurs millions of years ago. Brooklyn, and- <laughs> 65 million years ago. I did know that it began with that, but I don't know if I'd ever seen that sequence, so it was funny. <laughs> when you had the shitty animation and then the dinosaurs with their stupid voices, yay! <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they were dead in Castellanet as well. It was an assault to the eyes and the ears. It was an assault on all senses. I could taste the cheapness of the movie from the very <laughs> beginning. It was very cheap. But before that, when we had like the, the company logos, they played the Mario theme. <laughs> I recognize that. They didn't play the boss battle theme when he fought Bowser at the end. I mean... Oh, the, the, the castle Cooper. level. Yeah, they didn't play any boss battle theme. Yeah, well, as the fan website pointed out, Mario and King Koopa faced against each other on a bridge at one point. That's good. In the bob Can I talk about something really disrespectful but also really funny? Sure. Did your skin crawl and your spine crunch in half when the first thing that happened when 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 king cooper came to the human world was the twin towers got fucking decimated because <laughs> mine did all of my all of my body and my my spirit left my body when that happened i was like yikes no i had a warm feeling in my heart for some reason but i wasn't thinking about why i felt very patriotic in that moment is what bartek says yes Yes. Um, no, how <laughs> fucking strange. I mean, it's not their fault, obviously. They didn't know. It, it was, didn't happen yet. It was iconic at the time. But it was so fucking a kick in the face. But, like, the first thing that gets, like, affected is the Twin Towers. I'm like, yee. I think King Cooper should have looked at that and said, see you later, alligators. He should have done it to the Trump Tower. That would have been great. I don't know where that is. Is that in New York? I know there's one in Chicago. I don't know about other country, uh, cities. Countries. Levels. You should have said levels. levels. I think there might be one in the, New York. Hey, is Mario from Brooklyn in the games? 
Yes. Oh, he is. I don't think Brooklyn's in the games, but canonically, he is from Brooklyn. So where does he come from when you play the games? Like, does like when you play a game, and Mario, you start with where is he? If he's not in, at home in Brooklyn, I know he has a. In some <laughs> games, he has a house in the Mushroom Kingdom. So maybe early on, like he came from Brooklyn. So there's not a singular game where you wake up and play a level in Brooklyn. I don't think you... Maybe in one of the edutainment games, but I don't know of any of the main ones that people know. Doesn't that sound like a wasted opportunity? Yeah, you know what? In When Super Mario Odyssey came out, and it had the city level called New Donk City, (laughs) which is part of the world that the Mushroom Kingdom is from, they retconned it so that the original Donkey Kong game, which is where Mario was first seen as Jumpman, took Mm. place in New Donk City. So maybe at some point the Donkey Kong arcade game was... Brooklyn, but did, did they did they also state did they retcon why he was called Jumpman, <laughs> as you just called him as Jumpman? In Donkey Kong, the character's name was Jumpman, but when they made Mario Brothers, I guess they just called him Mario. No, they needed to retcon that in Super Mario Odyssey. The fans have been angry about it ever since. <laughs> Look, we're going to talk about it. John Leguizamo and Bob Hoskins are brothers in this, but the movie painfully breaks its spine to give you a reason for why two people of drastically different ethnicities uh, are brothers. They're, no, they're not just brothers. They're like every family member <laughs> in one. <laughs> yeah, yes. How did you feel about that? Because did you know about that? I did, yes. <laughs> I I think the most I'd ever known about this film from an early point was probably the Nostalgia Critic review where he just pointed out back when his reviews were short, just like main points. So like, oh, they're not even brothers. They're father and adopted son, but then later they treat each other as brothers. Right, right. Yeah. I Yeah. Interesting. An inter- Super Mario father of son... <laughs> And Co, very weird. Did you think that Bob Hoskins was a good portrayal of Mario? <laughs> <laughs> um, he he didn't have the youthful energy of Charles Martinet's voice acting. Um, <laughs> but he's he looks he looks happy. Yeah, but but as an as the elder figure in the the Brotherhood, who who mentors the younger i think he does a decent job as that type of character can you realistically hire anyone as a live action version of mario the way you know him from the games that's Uh, another thing that's why again why i'm like you have to change things because and this is a true mario trivia fact mario is canonically like 24 to 27 (laughs) (laughs) no yeah no he isn't (laughs) You're lying. We're older than Mario, You're Ryan. You're fucking lying. Well, like how it ends at 27. Did he fucking die it's, during the 27 club? It's Well, I don't think he ages. It's just that he's always oh, this no, age. No, no, he, he does age. He's either 24 or some oh, that's age right, between we, that or Sorry, 27. yes, there is, there is baby Mario, I guess. There you go. Does he have a mustache and his baby Mario? No, but he has a big nose. Ah, so do we not get elderly Mario in any game? There's never a hmm. game where you meet like him with a cane and he's like got grey hair and he's old. No, you have to go on- online for that. <laughs> Ooh, to the dark web. The realistic wrinkled Mario. Oh, wrinkly Mario. No, no, he's wrinkled somewhere, but we can't talk about it on air. Um, His finger, of course. Oh, I thought you meant his groin. No, I was talking about his sphincter, actually, but... Taint. No, he's hairy there. I can't tell if he's wrinkled or not. He has a little <laughs> moustache down there, actually. 
Um, I like Bob Hoskins in this. I, I think he's the perfect choice for Mario. And again, I don't believe you could adapt that character, especially back then when there is no character to Mario. In fact, other than the voice acting of the current generation of Mario, who's been doing it for I don't know how many decades, does he have, as a, as a video game thing, does Mario actually have that strong of a character? Because here's the thing, as someone who doesn't play the games, mm-hmm. I look at him as a mascot, and I go, oh, he's a happy little Italian plumber. That's all I know. Sonic, on the other hand, yes, <laughs> I don't play them either. But just looking at him, there's so much character I can get from that guy. Yep. Don't like him. <laughs> That's the thing. I don't, he, I don't like that guy. Even to this day, he's 90s attitude made manifest. Well, Bob Hoskins, he's like, well, you have to play the happy little Italian plumber. And he's like, okay. And he does. He just plays him like a happy Italian-American plumber who's obsessed with plumbing. That's all, like, oh, that's all he can do. So I'm like, again, is there a character to Mario that Bob Hoskins could have played to any satisfaction that isn't what he did in this? Yeah, really outside of like the voice clips for you know context or, you know, I just beat the level, let's go, that kind of stuff. Mario's mostly a silent protagonist type, so... And he doesn't have an actual character? He just wants Lady? He's in love with Lady, he wants Lady. His characterization is basically limited to his body language and the few voice clips you do get. Not really so much dialogue-based. But Luigi has a ton of character. Yes, Luigi sometimes is in the same boat as Mario, but then there are games where he just straight up has dialogue, so he definitely has a more stronger sense of characterization. Uh, but yeah, like seriously, Bob Hoskins is great. I thought he was, he nailed it. He was depressed and miserable and hated being here, but I found that he handed in, even underneath all of that, a genuinely entertaining performance. And he wooed the ladies. And he wooed the ladies. Yeah, is Mario a ladies man in Mario? Does he slay the pussy all the time? He's just a hero. Is that chick in the game, the one he's dating? Oh, the Danielle or whatever her name yeah, is. Yeah, is she is she the mayor of New Dong City? I read <laughs> I read somewhere online that that Danielle's middle name is Pauline, so she would be the New Dong City mayor, the the girl from Donkey Kong. There you go. Huh? I guess she was named before Mario then, Pauline. <laughs> Isn't that weird that the, this movie, although it gets slammed, it is filled to the brim with Easter eggs and references and things that are in the games? Yeah, there was a little one that I noticed that, like, I actually rewound. I'm like, was that a, what I thought it was? Mm-hmm. It was, um, and this is related to a question that you randomly asked when we did Space Fury, where, just for context, everyone... The Russian character in that film looked a lot like Bob Hoskins as from, Mario. As Mario from this film, so throughout that episode, we just kept calling him Bob Hoskins from Mario. <laughs> um, and I made a joke in that film, like when he died, they should have played the Mario death sound, which you found very funny. And you asked me if that sound effect is in this film. Is it? And the answer is sort of almost. Oh, okay. when they first get the the boots that let them jump really high. Um, they activate by having a couple of red lights blink. <gasps> oh, and the blinking sounds like and w- sound. And after the blinking, it settles on like this solid, like just stay on this. And the ver- the two notes that play are like the very beginning of the death sound. I'm like, oh, oh, I don't know why they did it for the boots. Yeah, it was really interesting. They could have used the jump sound effect. Doom. 
Can you imagine if every sound effect in this was removed and played with the realistic <laughs> version, like with the version for the game? Yeah. Another thing I read that, and this wasn't a direct sound effect. Like that- every time Mario jumped, he would go, hoo, <laughs> hoo, Yeah, he has distinct voice clips in most games for different types of jumps. They could have done that for this. Yeah. They needed the long jump in this. Well, those boots didn't let you jump very far or long. They just got to let you hover. Or quickly. <laughs> well, in his defense, in his defense, in Mario Mario's defense, older Mario games didn't necessarily have the quickest jumping. I guess. Bardock said through <laughs> gritted teeth, I guess. Well, I mean, the older Mario's had their own pace. Didn't necessarily feel too fast or too slow. No, um, just right. <laughs> I read also that apparently, like, the the weird hand thing that the two brothers do in this film where they make the noise was meant to evoke the taking the mushroom growing sound effect, but I didn't really hear it. I can't believe that the movie has the mushroom physically grow at the end when he gets shot (laughs) with the devolved gun. He has a little, trust the fungus. (laughs) Trust the fungus. I think that was one of the lines that I really enjoyed from this that I'd never heard before. Oh, uh, we got to talk about it. What are, what are some of your favorite goofy, weird, nonsense pieces of shit or something that took you by surprise that you may not have known about? Uh, well, trust the fungus and the the weird spread of this fungus all throughout the city. Like, it was a really helpful thing. And the fact that one of Mario's notable character arcs is learning to trust it. Yeah. Because our romantic lead, Luigi, is all for <laughs> Played it. Played by John Leguizamo. <laughs> is all for it and realises it's a helpful thing all throughout the film. Mm. Um, it gave us the bob which I did not know was so closely resembling the bob from the franchise. Oh, you didn't know that? Okay. No, I didn't. I knew that bob were in it somewhere, but I just do, figured there'd be an explosion. Do, do bob in the game have the little Reebok shoes logo on the bottom of their feet like this one did? Do they, <laughs> I, do they have that? Is that an accurate? I don't think they have brand loyalty, and their ah. winding key's behind them, not to the side, and they're sentient, but otherwise it looked pretty... <laughs> And they're bigger, but but otherwise it looked pretty accurate. Yeah, but do do they make a pissy little explosion like that one did? Um, yes. you know what? As small as the one in this film is, I think it had a bigger explosion than an individual bob on from the games. Yeah, that Nintendo pick up your shit. I actually liked one of my favorite little video game touches was uh somebody I think I can't remember who it was Luigi had like the bullet. And they put mm. it in their flare gun or whatever it was, and it looks like the yeah the the bullet bills the bullet bills. I thought that was a nice little in touch. Japan they're called killer. Cool, <laughs> just killers in killer 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 seven. So they have those, and I thought I thought that was a nice little video game referency touch. Mm-hmm. One that took me by surprise was a casting choice. Did you recognize the woman who played Lena? Lena is that the actress? Is that the character's name of Bob uh, Dennis King Hopper's yeah. girl? I think only when I saw her name, I'm like, I know that name, and she looked familiar this whole time. And mm. then when I looked it up online just to confirm, I'm like, oh, mm. we saw you like three weeks ago, six weeks ago, <laughs> which was in. Uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, because she is Aunt Petunia. <laughs> she has also appeared in. Do you remember the other? Show we've done on a movie we've done on her, you'll love it. She was a villain. There was something, wasn't there? What was it? The Avengers. Ah. She played father. 
to Jim Broadbent's right. mother. She did. That's right. Did she have like sunglasses or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She kind of looked like a little bit of a Nazi. Yeah, that that's going back far. She's kind of like a female Paul Giamatti where she just has <laughs> kept turning up and you're like, hey. Is that Jennifer Garner though? Everyone's Paul Giamatti in my heart. <laughs> Male, female, other. Um, one of the things that, yeah, she caught me off guard. I completely forgot about her character existing in this movie. So every time she kept coming in, I was like, oh, that's right. You're here too. Oh, you're going to stab Yoshi in the throat? Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm sure the kids are crying with joy at that image. Yeah, that's, that's what you do in Super Mario World. Uh, you know, it's really funny. You know how, was it, two years ago now, everyone was like weird and proud that they made photorealistic version of the Lion King. Oh, yes. They called it live action. Yes. Uh, bullshit. Yep. Yet people are grossed out and weirded out at the photorealistic Yoshi in this movie. I thought he was cute. I uh, thought he was cute, too. Not as cute as the real Yoshi, of course. I mean, he's he's got a big green nose. Yes. Yes. You know, he's not even as cute as big Yoshi. Everyone's favorite Yoshi. The oh, big, right. That one. Big fat one. <laughs> Type into your Google images, Big Yoshi, and you'll be happy. I think it. I think the Big Yoshi might be from Super Mario RPG, but don't quote me on that. <laughs> quote him on that. He's he's going to be held to rights. Aha, I tricked you. What do you think about John Leguizamo as Luigi Mario? Especially because, like you said, Luigi didn't really have this character that we know him to have now, back when this movie was made. Yeah, they were slowly working their way there, and Luigi's Mansion wasn't until, like, Almost ten years later. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, he's he's our romantic lead for the film, which that's what we really need in Super Mario Brothers the movie. Why not? You say that like it's a bad thing, but why not? No, no, it's not a bad thing. It's just like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> okay. I mean, I knew, I knew. Do you want Bob Hoskins to be the romantic lead? Well, he's already got a girlfriend. Yeah, I know, so- but but rework it. Would you want to see <laughs> Bob Hoskins running around as Mario? <laughs> Demanding his girlfriend back. Do you want, do, would you want to see that? Takes him a long time to realize his girlfriend's <laughs> even kidnapped. Yeah. It's very unlike the canonical Mario, who is 27, at most. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best trivia point about the franchise. <laughs> I think one of my favorite trivia points about a video game is, um, you know those Fall Guy games? The Fall Guy game? Fallout? No, Fall Guys. It's like a free-to-play... Not even that. I, I, oh, you're talking about the... Yeah, yeah. Multiplayer thing. Yeah. I think their height is like they're ludicrously huge. Oh. <laughs> they're like seven feet tall or something creepy. And you're like, no, I thought they were like two inches tall. There's a similar thing with Charizard, where Charizard is not as big as he always appears. <laughs> He's like shorter than me. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, John Lake was... Um, I thought he was all right, too. I mean, yeah, I get it. He's not an Italian... He's not got a mustache. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. He isn't a coward. Yes, he's a romantic lead. Yes, he's jumping around. I don't know. I thought he served the film. Yeah, he had a dynamic with with Mario that you could feel it. And he, he is a charming presence. You know, I, I, I like John Leguizamo when he, ton- you know, he's been in a ton of shit. He can be annoying. But I like him. He he brings a presence, and so does Bob Hoskins. You have these two heavyweights of charisma and talent as your two leads, and it works out so well because, to me, Princess Daisy, nah, 
she mm, I don't know the actress is fine mm-hmm. she really didn't give me anything she kept making me think is that Elizabeth Banks but it isn't you know Miri from Zack and Miri make a porno right right it's not her but now that you think now that you remember Elizabeth Banks Bartek I could show you a picture of the Daisy from this movie and you will be like yeah she kind of does look like Elizabeth Banks. Mm, maybe we'll do it after. But it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. <laughs> oh, man. How did you feel about Bob Hoskins' American accent? Because <laughs> there were so many times where I'm like, this guy's British. <laughs> as a kid, I didn't even think about it because there's like, I grew up with this and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but now as an adult, I know he's a British man. It wasn't on my mind when I was watching the film and I'm not sure that I remembered it, but then when I was reading up afterwards, I had, you know, that British man playing Mario, and he had this New York accent. It was a funny thing to think about. <laughs> yeah. And just thinking about, like, him in a British accent, like, complaining about this film's funny. Um, what do you think, Dennis Hopper, man? He was fun. <laughs> <laughs> what about it was so fun? Just how ridiculous it was. Like I said earlier, he- it was like a weird mix of, like, a visual Donald Trump thing and Dr. Evil, basically. <laughs> I know Doctor Evil didn't appear in our lives until three years later, but it was it was that kind of vocal delivery and just <laughs> hearing all the ridiculous things he would say, <laughs> and his weird tics as a character, like the germophobia, mm-hmm, yep. but also the raw sexual energy he had for some reason. Don't know why. The the see you later alligator thing especially got me. Just uh, this weird enunciation. I don't know what got me was when he's like, "I love mud." <laughs> It's so clean, clean and, and dirty, dirty. <laughs> all at the same time. Fiona Shaw was very surprised at that. She she was surprised and turned on. It was a lot of a lotness, honestly. <laughs> um, my favorite moment from him <laughs> is when he's uh, when he's fucking around. <laughs> Which part, right? He's fucking around a lot. He's <laughs> but when he's pretending to be their lawyer for no fucking <laughs> yeah, <that's> reason. Right. <laughs> I thought that was going to be like a long con. And he immediately gives up on it and attacks them. I mean, what? It makes no sense. They saw the giant posters of him already. They already That's pointed a good point. It. it makes no fucking sense. But whatever, whatever. Sometimes you meet the real life guy and you still don't recognize that it's the guy you saw on the TV or the posters. That's fine. That's fine. I'll, 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 look, look, I'll forgive it. Okay? I'll forgive it. What I can't forgive is. He immediately gives up on it and starts, like, squashing Luigi's face with his hands. I guess technically, did he give up on it or did the prison guard saying, don't do that to King Cooper? Like, no, 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 it? no. He gave up on it because he was, like, they, he was asking them where this meteorite thing is. And they're like, what meteorite? And he's like, you know what I'm talking about? He just starts attacking them. Right. And then the prison guard was like, don't hurt King Cooper. Or whatever yeah, yeah, it was. yeah. It's up by then. I mean, your lawyer attacks you? Come on. You're not going to trust that guy. <laughs> I loved that. I loved him trying to be calm. I actually really like the the, the 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 cinematography in that scene. It was really intense. You had like the light with a slight lens flare coming onto the screen behind Cooper. Really menacing because we know that he's the bad guy and he's pretending to be a good guy. But the scene visually is still showing that he's a sinister presence. Even though he's sitting there smiling and trying to be... Nice, even though he doesn't want to shake their hands because he's a germaphobe. Mm. Yeah, and then I, he I, decides, no, I should because I'm pretending to be a human, no- normal man, nice boy. 
Yeah, I like the the added touch of Mario trying to shake his hand, like even though he's in this tough situation in a weird world, like he's got this professionalism. And he's just a good dude. Mm. Unlike that Scapelli. <laughs> <laughs> that monkey. I actually forgot about who Scapelli was throughout the movie, so we kept mentioning him, like, who's that? And then I remembered, oh, that's all right, he's a guy, he's a gangster guy who leered at her at the beginning. Remember that shot where Daisy's, like, standing up to him, like, no, you're not going to chase us off, and he's like, really? And then he, like, starts, like, leering and looking at her up and down, and she just, like, goes, ugh, and leaves the frame. Yeah, I forgot exactly who he was, but I just put it in my head, like, oh, that's the name of that other company that beat them to that job, and it's, like, their rival or something. I actually forgot, too, and I was like, are they the other plumbers? Like, the evil other nemesis plumbers? Oh, no, the no, Scapelli no. company. No, they're gangsters. <laughs> <laughs> that's who they are. They're gangsters, just like, what were they, Iggy and Spike? Oh. <sighs> They're the worst part of the movie, right? They were, are they in the games? The names are, but they're different things. Spike's an enemy and Iggy's one of the Koopalings. Well, there you go. Well, at the end, they're going to be Koopa Troopers. That's what the Stinger gave us. That's what they, their game was going to be called. Wasn't it Koopa Brothers? Or was it Koopa Brothers? Because Koopa Troopers are just regular enemies. Right, but that indicates that they're Koopas. Yeah, in the Mario franchise, that's the species that Bowser is, King Koopa is. Well, so, when did he become Bowser? Uh, only in the West. Oh. In Japan, he's just always been King Koopa. Why is he called Bowser here, then? Doesn't it work? Can be- King Koopa sounds better. I don't know. It sounds yeah. better to me. The t- He still has that title, King Koopa, or King of the Koopas, but his name is Bowser in the West. He just has a name? Yeah, <laughs> they just give him a name. Wait, so you've recently played Bowser's Fury. Is that just called King Koopa's Fury? That's a good question. I should look that up. Is it called Koopa's Fury? Like, or is it called the King's... Like, oh, Fury, is it even called that at all? Or is it just called King Koopa? Got it again. <laughs> Which Mario game was it where you are Mario and Luigi and you're inside of King Koopa's brain and you're playing as King Koopa, but you're actually Mario? I believe that's Bowser's Inside Story. It's one of the game, the DS RPGs. I think I've played an emulation of that at some point and really enjoyed it. It was a weird game. I've heard that that one's really good. I've only played the first one in that franchise, though. Um, what else do you want to say about this? I mean, I like the universe. It has really dedicated, interesting touches like that. They don't have fossil fuels, so they don't have petrol-related cars, so they operate on this grid and there's sparks coming out of their cars and... It, a little inconsistent. They're like, the cars don't have brakes, but then we see multiple times they do, and of course they do, because why wouldn't they? I don't know why, but then you actually see there's moments where ropes and wires shoot out to stop cars. Yeah, the police thing. I don't know what that's about. But I liked the world. I thought it was interesting, and I reckon you could explore this world and this idea of the dinosaurs are trapped in this pocket dimension, and they want to reconnect and basically take over our dimension, mm. and that they evolved like we did, but they evolved from different variants of dinosaurs. But even then, it's not consistent. There are some just walking around with lizard faces, and I don't know why. It's not like we walk around and there's a race of humans that are just, like, monkey faces, or this one's, like, got a monkey arm. Like, I don't know. Yeah, you'd think, given how the guy in charge is, like, descended from dinosaurs, the the regular people who would be descended from dinosaurs would be, like, you know, the nobility or something. Nobility. Nobility, that's right. Novelty. Uh, the nobility of the world or something. And then you got, like, little dinosaurs that are, like, rats? 
chewing mm. over food and they treat them like they're the, the New York equivalent of rats. Then again, I guess the ones that just look human are like descended further or evolved further because like the, mm. the toad character in this film, when he's mm. devolved, he goes into a Goomba state. Yeah, but don't they all, if you devolve them into that state, they go to Goomba states? I... Isn't that the point? Then he can devolve you even further. Well, I, I thought the theory was that if you did it to Mario or Luigi, they wouldn't. Well, turn... they would turn into monkeys. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So it's just like who's further down in the evolution chain? Yeah, 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 yeah. I I actually really enjoyed. I don't know if this was an 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 accurate thing to look at, but there was a brief moment where they shoved him into the de-evolver machine. They shoved a uh, King Cooper. Mm-hmm. See, that's weird. Why in the movie is he called King Cooper if he was always Bowser here in the West? It's a good question. It's a great question. I like it. I think it's great. I think I like him being called King Cooper. Yes. But and at this point, I just want to remind everyone that Cooper is the Polish word for poo. Yeah, yeah. King Poo. Yes. poo fun. Poo-poo. Um, he gets pulled into the devolver and it turns on briefly, but he doesn't devolve. But then you see his eye quickly turn into like a t-rex eye and then quickly turns back and from that point on in the movie his character starts acting a little bit more irrationally and i don't know if that's by i don't know if that's on purpose i guess or if that is just the mechanics of how these movies work where you need the the established bad guy who's in charge of an empire to start to fall apart and get defeated at the end mm. by becoming more and more rational and making dumber and dumber choices. Yeah, and he's a T-Rex for 13 seconds. Oh, wasn't that great? And then he turned into, like, green paint that fell on the floor <laughs> in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Were you disappointed that he never became what you know Bowser to be? I mean, I walked in expecting that. I did hear at some point that there is a giant T-Rex somewhere, but I didn't know if that was going to be him or, like, Yoshi or something. Well, you got it, and it was him, technically. Yeah, and it was very brief. From my understanding and my vague recollections, they were going to have, like, a big fight with him on a bridge in Brooklyn as a big T-Rex, but they ran out of money. That's why immediately they take him back to the dinosaur dimension. There was a, it's yeah. almost like, yeah, we teased you, but now we're back in the dinosaur Yeah, it was, it was really kind of shocking to see him in a daylight scene for a <laughs> few seconds. Just it really for, showed how just, weird his hair was. Just to turn Scapelli into a monkey and say, monkey, and then go back. Yeah, the famous monkey. Yeah. And, to, and to shake your heart with the Twin Towers. I fucking died to death, <laughs> that did. I did, yeah. yeah. I think there was a big trivia point about how two years prior there was an original script for this film where a lot of the elements were like really more strongly resembling the Super Mario Brothers game, but that went down the toilet and they rewrote the film many, many, many times. Can a video game be adapted in a live-action form to... Like, can a Mario game... Or does that just work better as an animated thing? Like, would a Pixar animated Mario movie be better than if we tried to cast an actual guy to be Mario in a movie? Is this something? Because, like, we've done it and it didn't work. Even though Bob Hoskins did a good job. Even though he was drunk for most of it. <laughs> maybe that, Maybe we just need to find the ultimate talent who could pull it off. Like, but yet again, I've said this to you before. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, are, are they making a Mario movie? I can't remember. We've talked about this. Where you've told you... me a few times where yeah, the Charles Martinet is really fighting to be in it, and I think I read online that 
Illumination is trying to make That's it. That's it, Illumination, those bastards. And I'm like, yeah, I understand why the Mario voice actor wants to do the Mario voice, but I'm also like, yeah, but he works in, like, two-second dialogue chunks, but I can't imagine, like, a sincere scene. It's like... You remember the Goofy movie? I saw it as a kid, but I remember only bits of it. And it's so bizarre. Like, I love those movies, both of them, but it's so bizarre to have, like, a teary-eyed scene where he's just like, Max... I love you, Max. And you just, I can't. It's fucking goofy. <laughs> Come on. Those work because there's a great story and there's an emotional heartstring. And you could, mm. surprisingly, they decided goofy, we could turn into a single dad. Yes. Well, I just want to point out that I've played Kingdom Hearts 2, which has a like 10 minute <laughs> sequence where you think goofy has been killed. Uh, I've watched playthroughs and videos of the Kingdom Hearts games, and it's always funny when, like, you're running and you're about to fight someone, and you hear in the background Goofy give you like cheering advice, like yeah, Goofy and Donald, give him this, <laughs> take that, and then <laughs> <laughs> it's like their nightmare. Um, I want a Kingdom Hearts movie, please. That would be interesting. The copyright nightmare. <laughs> the, the legal nightmare of that. Could you imagine it? The fucking paperwork that would have to be done to get that to happen. If they do the first game's adaptation, Mickey only appears right at the end. No, so. no, no, no. They need to do their own adaptation. Like, <laughs> like it's a f- because that's Kingdom Hearts, right? Like all the nonsensical stuff, it all connects to one another. Yeah, they're all. It's different not like worlds. you just play one, two, and three, and then you get a coherent story. You have to play oh, this little mobile game that nobody's heard of, and this, this, this. The movie has to be an extension of that nonsense, or it ain't accurate to the franchise. Yes. I guess, yeah, with Mario, there's just a lot to consider. Like, do you take all these liberties with this kind of movie, or do you do, like, the anime film, which takes a lot of elements literally, but is just really, like, kitty thing that feels a bit Alice in Wonderlandy magical weirdness mm. kind of thing going on? It, it's weird to say, but then you have other films, like, one of the video game adaptations that I liked was, like, the Ace Attorney film, which that's, ad- that's adapting a visual novel. Yeah. where it was a little much easier to do because you don't really have too many supernatural but That's also a Japanese things. adaptation of a Japanese product. True, that is true. The Hollywood adaptation of a Japanese product rarely, if ever, works. Even outside of video games. It's anime. Yes, we've seen Tekken. That's one. <laughs> for a Japanese product. Oh, you're right. You're, you know, I take it back. <laughs> you know, for a moment there, I almost shot myself in the foot. But Tekken was a great film. <laughs> And a great adaptation. Don't, do you remember Iron Fist stuff? I wish that King was in that movie still with his it, tiger head. I, yeah, that would have been cool. That would have been cool. But he wasn't. Um, anything else you want to say about Mario? Mario, the movie itself. Um, this is more of a uh, internet thing. So obviously it happened way down the line. But there is a popular meme that when it was birthed, it used footage from this movie mm. uh, to... I guess solidify itself. Have you have you heard of Guile's theme goes with everything? No. So Guile's theme is a music track from the Street Fighter franchise. It's okay. the it's the theme music for a character named Guile, who's this like you know American strong guy. Great American name. Yes. Um. I think in the live action nineties film, he was like European or something, which was <laughs> yeah, a weird yeah, choice. Yeah. yeah. Um. And it's the basic idea of this theme is that it is so catchy that it goes with any footage. You can put it over mm. any footage and it would fit. 
And the example that was ever first ever done and that like, you know, obviously became the meme was the footage of Mario in this film falling into the next dimension, the other dimension. <laughs> that fucking sucking, so like, fucking yeah, so, real nightmare. So when he jumped th- through the wall and he's falling, that's where the Giles theme plays. <laughs> and apparently that clip just blew up and that theme got put onto many more things, all because Bob Hoskins sold it. What is the weirdest juxtaposition of that you've seen? Um, Other than Mario. I, jeez, what have I seen it on? Schindler's List. And and you have, like, a sad Liam Neeson and it plays. <laughs> well, the idea is that it goes with everything, so maybe, maybe. Maybe. We should, we'll, we'll look for an example and we'll post the best we can find. I have nothing else to say. I think the behind the scenes are interesting from my recollection. You may, if you want to touch any upon any of that stuff, because it seems like, look, it's a film that's interesting in some ways, shape or form. Like, this could have been an interesting sci-fi story on its own, but it isn't. But it is one where it was a production nightmare world where everyone was miserable, getting injured, everyone hated each other. I think I remember somewhere someone saying that Dennis Hopper argued, got into, like, a rant with the directors, yeah, like and f- it was like, it went for 45 minutes, then it went for two more hours, and it was like, yeah, fuck. I didn't read the two-part nature of it, but it did say three hours, and, like, a bedroom scene got delayed because of that long, long, long screen match. And they were, like, talking about, like, yeah, and he was right. <laughs> Just Dennis Hopper was saying Apparent- things that were right for three hours yeah. straight. A- apparently- he did a filibuster <laughs> about how he's right. <laughs> Yeah, apparently a lot of people just hated the husband and wife duo that directed this film, mm. and a- apparently they that husband and wife would have like creative differences, so <laughs> rewrites would be happening like while they're filming or something along those lines, and they would have so many weird complaints to the point that a lot of cast and crew members would like get t-shirts with like quotes from them <laughs> put on the set. Um Bob Hoskins especially I think had many injuries that happened <laughs> like his hand got crushed in a door. Um there was a really kind of He said he got stabbed. Yeah, there was some stabbing at some point. <laughs> Apparently in one of the shots where they did the the mattress slide mm. sequence they they were doing it, they weren't happy with the take, so they went on a break, but just before the break, someone thought, you know, that mattress isn't going so quickly, I'll just adjust this mm. thing and not tell anyone. So they did a sh- the immediate shot after the break, that mattress just went crazy and flipped, and there was like a 20-foot drop where uh. the wording on the IMDb trivia was that the- all of the girls smashed their heads, but they were okay. Mm. Bob Hoskins obviously had a stunt double there, but the girls were, you know, just the girls. Uh, why Why was he not there? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Apparently the girls didn't need stunt doubles. Yeah, but Bob, but Bob Sensitive Bob Hoskins. But Bob Hoskins well, did. he's the lead. You don't want him to die. Yes, and the girls... You can have him be stabbed and break his fingers and hand and drown and electrocuted, but you don't want him to get injured. Yeah, I think the hand thing was John Leguizamo's fault, so I, oh, imagine, yeah. I imagine they were, like, cool with each other with that, though. They seem like they were cool with one another. I mean, yeah. hey, you fuck up. It's a mistake. Yeah, that's, like, that's what I mean. I I remember one of the things reading upon it is that the male director of the husband-wife team mm-hmm. poured hot coffee yes. on some extra's head because they didn't like their costume, which is not the extra's 
fault. They just walk in and they get told, wear this. Yeah, that was that really is, bizarre. It's like one of those bizarre, cruel... It's like bizarrely cruel to do. Like, like there are some great directors who have done cruel things. And it's like, look, it's cruel. But there's like that little minute thing where you go, I understand the method to the... Ma- the you know. as, as someone who's been an extra, that's really like bottom rung on a film production so yeah, yeah director to do that to a extra it's just bizarre it's like yeah you know should stanley kubrick have fucking mentally tortured shelly duvall no but like i can understand why he thought he needed to to get the shining to be great or should um should uh i'm forgetting his name the guy who did the exorcist um yeah, no. I'm remembering the writer, but I'm not remembering the director. But should he shoot a gun, an active gun on set to get everyone to feel the sense of fear for the scene? I did not know no. that. Should he slap a real-life priest to make it so that he can act better before the scene? No. Not by today's standards. But I understand his methods to the madness because those are... But it's not like he went to an extra and scolded them, literally scolded them because he did not like their costume. That's not the extra's fault. Be like Michael Bay and have a fucking beef out with your fucking costume person about that. Like, Michael Bay had a big beef out with his costume person because they were French. <laughs> oh, something about for astronaut Armaged- suits? For Armageddon, where he's like, yeah. They, like gloves or yeah, something? Yeah, they had these gloves that looked, they looked French. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> he's dumb, but at least he had a beef out with a person that he needed to beef it out with. Yeah. Fucking cruel. No wonder everyone hated these two directors. I mean, come on. That's like dog. That's how I describe it. The old Australian verbiage. Such a dog act. What a dog. <laughs> and both of them still are directing and making things and still in the biz. They're no longer married. If that makes you feel better. I don't know if it does. Oh no, love died. I'm so happy. Do you, So if there was a sequel, <laughs> what do you think it was leading to? What do you think that sequel bait was leading to there? Well, there were two- She's like, you wouldn't believe this. Well, there are two different games with the name Super Mario Brothers 2, so they have a lot to choose from. But isn't both of- which one is it? If there's two different ones, which one is it where it's not actually a Mario game, but they just put- The, the Western release, yeah. That, there was a game called Doki Doki Panic, which is this <laughs> weird world where these four people play a game, or the, the game is like, it has picking up mechanics and throwing, you can pick up throw enemies, and the enemies that spit eggs, and it's not like Mario, but kind of is, and then- because the game in Japan that was originally Super Mario Brothers 2 was just the first game again, but much harder, they thought, oh, Americans won't like this. Let's just take this Doki Doki Panic game and make that Mario 2. And then Super it, Mario. And weirdly enough, some enemies made their debut in that game, but I think they were originally from Doki Doki Panic. One of the things I know about Super Mario Brothers 2 is Video Game Donkey, the YouTube channel. Mm. Every single year he does his best the, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always number one is Super. But Mario Brothers 2, baby! Usually in the last, like, two seconds of the yeah, video yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or sometimes he threads it through, just, like, letting you know, it's gonna come, guys. I, 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 I'm not gonna dick around. It's gonna be here. Or does the, I'm not gonna do it, and then does it. Mm. Um, And then, obviously, Super Mario Brothers 3 is the game changer. Yes, that was it a has popular third the entry. the famous image of him in his little squirrel outfit, right? I think it was a raccoon outfit. A raccoon. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Mario fans. <laughs> 
I know that the console um, it was... It was actually a Tanuki. I know that the console wars that happened with Super Mario Brother 2 or 3 were very much like your Vietnam, but <laughs> that's a direct quote, by the way, from Movie Bob uh, in his <laughs> biography book. We're talking about Nintendo versus Sega. Yeah. Yeah. He called it his, Viet- his generation's Vietnam. <laughs> uh, iconic quote, because nothing's fucking more audacious than that. Um... That's it, Super Mario Brothers, done and dusted. What is your recommendation for the next movie, Bartek? It's your turn. Yes. The you, you know, the the musical chairs has ended and there's only one chair left. We go we're going with a slight wild card. It's a film neither of us have seen. Ooh. But after last week I thought, yeah, that might be fun. <laughs> okay. So last week we did Kung Pao and we had a short conversation near the end about like, oh, I wonder what this original film was like. Oh, no. (laughs) And I thought like, you know what? I do wonder what that original film was like. What are these things on Betty's chest? Why not? Why why don't we do that and see what it's like? Maybe, Maybe it'll make us love Kung Pao a bit more. So my choice for next week is the 1976 film Tiger and Crane Fist. (laughs) <laughs> oh, and just for fun fuck, yes and tiger, just for, <laughs> tiger tiger and just for fun let's go with the english dub oh i can't wait oh because it's on youtube and easy to find fuck <laughs> yes will it be story of ricky good no maybe not but nothing will be does he just punch the wall <laughs> at the end and leave you're all free now <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for that recommendation, Bartek. Make sure to check that out, people, in the interim. Uh, Bartek, where can people find us on the social media to check us out and our hot takes and juicy images and our links to things? You can find us on almost all of the platforms. We're on Facebook, Spit and Polish Presents page. We're on Twitter. You can find us there by looking up the name. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel where we obviously upload the content as well, mm. and our content is also uploaded on many other platforms such as podbean uh apple Podcasts, google play spotify we think we're on relatively all of them we think or we know we know uh and you can also email us directly at spit and polished at gmail.com well Bartek, really sufficient really succinct you really nailed that one there mm-hmm. you jumped that i i i annoyed my wife rachel she didn't want to watch this movie and there was a moment where, um, before Mario ju- uh, jumped into the, the, the wall that led him to the Bizarro world, yes, he was struggling. And I said, Rachel, do you know what this scene is? And she said, no, what? He, he just has to get into the world. I said, what does he have to do to get in there, Rachel? And she said, jump. And I'm like, yeah. And you know what jumping is to, to the Mario franchise? A key player. Yeah. It's a key characteristic. He, he was jump man. And, and she looked at me and I said, so it's authentic. <laughs> and she got so annoyed and almost wanted to leave the room. She should watch the Guile theme version of that sequence then. 